welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on Saturday's defeat at Capelo, Rhys Aldane. Rhys, how are you? I am good, thanks. Uh, looking, looking forward to discussing yet another defeat, but uh, what can you do? Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, are you well? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. That's obviously another defeat to talk about, which is pretty grim, but we move. And rounding off our panel this week is Ken Boswell. Ken, I believe this is your, your third appearance on the pod, but your, your first in a couple of years and your first in a, a weekly episode, so it's, it's your full debut. How are you feeling? Um, yeah, I'm feeling confident. I've had a good pre-season. Uh, Saturday was marginally saved by by using uh, Mary Hill's finest and newest Greek takeaway. So, uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. Good stuff. I'll start with you then, Ken. Um, and I'll start, as we always do, a, a little look at the starting eleven. There were three changes. Um, Jimmy Snedden came in in goals for David Mitchell. Uh, Akinola replaced the suspended Aaron Muirhead and Stevie Lawless replaced Cole McKinnon. What did you make of that starting eleven? Ken, were you, were you feeling confident when you saw it? No, to be honest with you. I mean, Snedden did nothing wrong on Saturday, as far as I can see. And, you know, certainly the save he made about the 80th minute was... Well, it's what we've come to kind of expect from him, I suppose. Um, I mean, Akinola, you know, we had really, really high hopes for him. But as I've said to a couple of people, he seems to be following the the Niall Keown arc of defenders. But they start off really, really well and they become a bag of nerves without a, an experienced defender beside them. Or even Darren Brownlee, for that matter. You know, uh, Lawless... He just does what he does, you know. But uh, you know, I think any lineup that you you look at over the past three or four games, you begin to wonder exactly what we're going to get out of it. Reese, what about you? Was there any changes you'd have, you'd have made to the the starting eleven that was picked on Saturday? No, much the same as Ken. I just thought like you look at the team and you know what to expect because you're just you're kind of just playing that we've got a couple of bodies back, but unfortunately it wasn't to be the case. And we've just got to make do with the, the squad that we've got at the minute. Um, and, and you go into the game, you don't really know who's going to play where. You don't know if Nick Mellon's going to be at the heart of the defence or if he's going to be playing it right back. So that's the only sort of surprises, if you if you will. Um, and much the same, like when it comes to Tunji, um, you know, we'll, we'll touch on the game in a wee minute. But I thought it was it was very nervous. You could tell he was nervous. And he had a tough game. Katongo was on him the full game. And obviously at, at the very end, Katongo got the better of him. Um, but I thought Brownlee, Tunji and, and Hodson in the back three, they done fine. I don't think any of the goals, obviously I've not watched the first goal back. It's just probably a free header. It looked like a free header at the time. don't think Nedden's made any mistakes either as, as well. So defence-wise, I thought it was, it was better in recent weeks, what we've come to expect. Jamie, in terms of the performance on, on Saturday, we just did a chat off air but that we thought we were a little bit better defensively but still blunt in attack. Um, how would you sum up the, the 90 minutes? Frustrating. Like we said, I really don't think we really caused more enough problems on the attack. We, I thought our build-up play was slow at times. But the thing is, I don't really remember us having that many big chances, to be honest, aside from the goal, really. Yeah, I just don't think we created enough. And I was saying off-air as well before we got on, I think one of the problems was, you'd mentioned, Matt, you thought when Lawson doesn't play well, we don't play well, especially with like Tiffany at the side. And I'm agreeing with that, definitely. And I think one of the problems was because Lawless was played through the middle 
and we didn't really have much creativity out wide because of the formation. He ended up kind of going out wide and trying to do that work. And then because he did that, it ended up leaving a gap in the middle where he was meant to be playing. And there was no one there for the run on the edge of the box or for him to cut it back to quite often. And then he ended up having to go out wide and do way too much of the work. And yeah, I just I don't think that worked very well. And it was just a frustrating game to watch. I thought we were okay defensively. I wouldn't say we were fantastic, to be honest, but I thought we were okay. But yeah, going forward, we were very, very blunt and it's kind of becoming a bit of a story now. That's in the last six games, we've conceded 20 goals, which is atrocious, and we've only scored six in return. So that does not make good reading at all. Ken, what about you? Did you think it was? Did you think there was any improvement on Saturday from recent weeks, or was it uh, more of the same? I mean, I, you know, Capolo, I'd be interested to see the statistics for how how well we've done over there over the past twenty years, because we've gone down there on good runs and lost. We've gone down there on terrible runs and lost. We've been, gone down there and been mediocre and got a draw. And that kind of thing, it just, the, the the ground seems to intimidate whatever players are involved. I mean, considering that we'd beaten them 5-1 at Far Hill, I would have expected them to be more up for it, more like a Doogie Emery team to be up for it. And I mean, obviously I'm not happy with 2-1, but at no point did I feel we were going to get a total hammering, which would suggest, considering Morton's position in the league relative to ours, that we probably did better than than I would have exe- expected, and I really did expect them to be kind of looking for revenge, considering the the reverse fixture at Fair Hill. So you know, I mean, the the, the loss wasn't entirely une- unexpected, but I suppose the manner of it was marginally less depressing than, for instance, you know, the the Wraith Rovers one recently. Would be my take on it. Who impressed you on Saturday, Ken? Where did you think they were, they were good uh, performing? <laughs> Basically, that was about it, you know. I mean, I thought Snedden looked really good. I thought Fitzpatrick looked quite lively when he was on. Uh, Bannigan looked pretty combative uh, without getting booked. But outside of that, there, there was just a lot of a lot of very tippy-tappy McCall ball going on, I felt. Yeah, I agree. I, agree, I think. Quite a few players did look nervous, like Akinola, probably the main one, but he wasn't the only one that looked nervous. I think it was the sort of game we all expected. We spoke last week that this would probably be an all right game for Darren Brownlee, just because of the nature of Morton's style of play, the tight capital pitch. He wouldn't need to do too much running uh, back facing towards his own goal. It would be a sort of head kick it game for him. I thought he was good. I thought Akinola was, as you've said, nervous, but a bit better until the last five or ten minutes. Still not back to his best, but it was improved from recent weeks. I think, going up the other end, if if you're playing a team like Morton, and I don't want to single individuals out because there weren't many great performances, you need your strikers to really hold the ball in, and you're looking at a guy with a build of doubts to do that, and he never really did that. He was better in the second half, but in the first half, I thought he was really poor, and and that meant we could never really get up the pitch and sustain attacks. Uh, Reese. What about you? What was your take on the game on Saturday? I, I echo the views that, that have already been said. Um, I don't think Steden had all too much to do. He made a good save from, albeit a save you can't expect your keeper to make from your head's free kick in the first half. And then, of course, I'm, I'm sure uh, everyone will remember the save that he made in the second half when it kind of looked like it was in. But from that save, I don't know if it's just me and I'm being harsh here, 
but the ball's bounced in the six-yard box, and then Jay's Cabias lined up for an overhead kick when Snedden could have just came and collected that. Albeit he, he, he made amends, he made a great save, so that's fine at the end of the day. Um, but I, uh, the, the one big glaring opportunity in the game, we had a maybe a 10-minute period where we kind of looked on top after we got the equaliser, um, and Fitzy broke away 2v1, he's got he slipped Bans one. I think it might have been three, three versus one, actually. But Bannigan was the obvious option. You slide Bans one, he's on his left foot. He's not the best of finishers, but you probably expect him to score in that position. But Fitzy's cut in on his left and he's just let one fly for like 20 yards. But when it was, the shot wasn't even on. So that was disappointing when, when I felt we could have went and maybe snuck, a, snuck the lead there. But uh, as you've already said, I don't, I don't think Dowds was particularly good, especially first half. Second half, he definitely grew into the game. But we were just blunt. There was, as I, as I mentioned last week, what is our style of play? There was no build-up at all. You're kind of getting the ball to Lawless and hoping he somehow produces a moment of magic. It was just poor, and, and to be honest, I don't think Martin were great either. It, was just, it wasn't a, a really great game of football, to be honest with you. I mean, I'd have to say our goal was pretty good. It was the first time where Martin seemed to have quite a lot of men behind the ball, but we seemed to move it quite quickly and good one-touch stuff, and it happened really, really quickly. And, in you know, in terms of Dowd's finishing it, he did really, really well with it kind of coming across him to put it into the corner of the net. And, you know, you think, well, why can't we do more of that? No, you are right, Ken. It was, it was a really good and well-worked goal, but it's a shame we didn't really see any more of that type of football afterwards. You think if we did continue to play like that, keep it down, pass it and move it quickly, we we might have had a bit more joy. And to be fair to Dowds, I've given him a bit of criticism for his hold-up play. It was, a, it was an excellent finish, and I think he's proven that he's a strange striker because you look at him and you think, oh, he'll be a big target man, good at holding the ball up. But he's actually more of a, a poacher type. His finishing's excellent and his, his hold-up play is what really needs work, which is a sort of strange combination. It's normally the other way about. I think um, the thing there as well is that effectively Dowds is almost acting as a lone striker at the moment for us. So he's got to hold it up for him to play off, you know, kind of thing. Because there's nothing coming from midfield. Um, you know, if you get Tiffany who can actually beat people in that kind of thing, with Dowds in the end of it, as I think we saw earlier in the season, then Dowds has got an end product. But he can't do it all himself. And relatively speaking, he's quite young. So when you saw when he was playing with Graham, he looked pretty decent. And you could see how they were beginning to develop a relationship. But that's obviously, you know, without Graham or someone else that he can play off up there, he just, he, he, he just looks lonely, you know? Um, Jamie, we'll have a, a chat about Ian McCall, and I know we've, we spoke quite a lot last week about how much pressure he's under. Obviously, there's a lot of injuries right now. What do you think he could do differently at the moment to, to turn the form around? I, I don't even know, to be honest. I don't think I have a great answer on that, but I don't know. One of the things recently that's been frustrating, obviously, was like the substitutions. It wasn't on last week, but the Dundee game you know, chucking on Xander McKenzie a right back, I don't even think he has a right back. And, you know, bringing on Stanway and stuff and leaving Fitzy and other people on the bench instead. It's, his substitutions have always been strange, but yeah, some baffling ones of them recently. There's maybe a bit less of that, but pretty difficult to put your finger on what exactly is going wrong right now outside of the injuries. But, well, there's numerous things that are going wrong, but it's hard to say exactly why that's happening constantly. So, yeah, I don't really know. Ken, what's your take on, on Ian McCall and where he stands at the moment? I think, you know, I, I suppose when things are going well, 
McCall's really good to have round with a hat twirling and uh, I'm a thistle man and they're stoking around Queen Margaret Drive and all that. But the opposite's also true when things are going badly is there's an assumption that because he seems to have the best interests of the club at heart, whatever, he should have some insight into it. And I mean, I suppose we've established in the, in the past that McCall is a good manager He's not an exceptional one. Um, And when you start to take players like Holt and Tiffany and Graham out of the team, you would have to think, you know, you've got the creativity of Tiffany there, you've got the solidity of Holt, and you've got Brian Graham being Brian Graham, I would imagine, in the dressing room. McCall starts to struggle because he doesn't have that support. And I think the injuries would be bad enough on their own. But at the same time, the the fact of the three players who are a defender, effectively an attacking midfielder and a striker coming out of the team have really, really hamstrung us. And you you know, you can you can see that by the results. But I suppose that the, the 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 biggest criticism I would make of McCall is that the the psychology of the team looks looks beaten, you know, at times. We were talking about how, how we feel about the lineup and Sometimes with McCall, you feel he's almost picking the lineup at random. He, he's not even trying things. He's he's just picking names out of the hat. So, I mean, this, you know, obviously it's our growth, then Kelty, then Cove. That's that's three big games. Now, Kelty will be licking their lips, looking at coming to Far Hill with the likes of Cardinal and Higginbottom in there. Our growth, Dick Campbell... We all know what we're going to get with that. Cove, I suppose, well, you could make an argument that that kind of revealed our weaknesses from our 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go and ended up getting the draw with Cove. Now, I don't think we were in any danger of losing that game, but it was one of those games that kind of showed the deficiencies in, in that squad. So here's where McCall really, really earns his wage by getting the psychology of that team up, whoever he picks. Jimmy? Just to back on earlier when we were talking about us being blunt going forward, I think one of the problems with that recently is maybe outside the air game, because he played pretty well going forward, Hudson in the midfield, but I feel we're playing such a defensive side recently. And yes, I know that is down to injuries, but you think about it, sometimes there's six defenders on the field, or and Bannigan as well as a defensive-minded midfielder, and we're definitely lacking attacking spark in the team, because sometimes we'll go out there and we'll have Milne, Muirhead, Brownlee, Akinola, uh, McMillan, Hodson and Bannigan all in the starting eleven, And that's over half the team, all very defensively minded. And you've got maybe Dowds, who's not the quickest, so he can't peel out wide to get the ball. And yeah, we don't have much flair going forward. We're quite slow going forward. And I think that's one of the main problems how defensive the team is right now. Well, I'll, f- I'll follow that with a question, Jamie, because... I asked you what could McCall do to, to turn things around. Do you think he could name more attacking sides and maybe accept that we're going to concede a goal or two every game and try and just score three or four? I know that was the sort of tactic at the start of last season and we got our fingers burned in, in a few away games at, at Inverness and at, at Wraith. But do you think while there's defensive fragility, just going gung-ho could be a way to turn it around and scoring goals could be a way to, to improve the confidence? I don't know fully gung-ho, but at least go more attacking because clearly failing all these defenders is not us keeping clean sheets because 
Have we only kept one clean sheet in the league this season? That 2-0 game at Arbroath? I'm not sure. It might be the only one we have. But it's it's not been working. We've conceded 20 goals in six games. And, and at least four of those games, I'm pretty sure, we've played pretty defensive lineups, And it clearly isn't isn't working. We're not keeping the opposition out. So we may as well play more attacking players. Maybe play Fitzpatrick from the start. Maybe even someone like Weston could be a start. Or a shout, sorry. And going with two up top with Mullen and those are just playing with wingers actually I, I prefer us playing with wingers starting with someone in the middle and then Lawless and Fitzy on either side is what I'd actually like to see but I don't know I just don't think this really defensive lineup's working Reese, what about you where does where does Eden McCall sit in your eyes yes well you, you look at the, the state of affairs at the moment that's six defeats in a row but, and I've said before I don't care who you are I don't care if you're Sir Alex Ferguson at United I don't care if you're Mourinho's Chelsea if you lose six games on the bounce it's a sackable offence for any manager. And I know he's a he's a fissile man, and that probably it, that gives him a wee bit more sort of credit in the bank already. Um, but it's it's something's got to give, and I can I can almost like foresee what's going to happen. We've, we've got a bro for the weekend. It's going to be a draw. We'll draw one each, and that is it's just enough to keep him above water. And they'll still, of course, they'll still be the shouts they should go already. I personally don't think he should. Because I do, I do sort of side with the injuries. Is obviously, it's killing us. But the player, it's not. That's not an excuse. The players on the park have to be doing more. And ultimately, that that does come down to McCall. It's McCall's team. He's bought. He's bought that team. He's been well backed by the board. By we know how controversial the board have been done. And that's another thing. I don't think the board will act, even if he should be sacked. I don't think the board will act because they're in such a precarious position as it is that they just want to go under the radar. They don't want to be making any sort of sort of moves like that because of course McCall is is loved by a large large sections of the official support just by just by his, the way that he is being a official man being as as you all say he talks about the West End constantly wearing official stuff always talking official up whenever he gets a chance so if, I know things are going against him but if he does get sacked some people will still be quite aggrieved by that so right, but I can, as I say I can see us getting a draw at the weekend that will keep him afloat I think we'll beat Kelty because we just we, we need to beat Kelty I think I think we will beat Kelly, but it's still not enough. And then it's going to come down to Cove, and we need to go there and get a result. And I don't know if we will. You know how hard it is for any team to go to Cove, and I think the writing's on the wall at Cove away. If we don't get a result there, then I think it's curtains. Just before we move on to look ahead to our broth um, on Saturday, while you mentioned the boardries, we we note the the club update from Monday, and we have invited the PTFC Trust onto the podcast to communicate directly to fans. Um, we hope to hear back from them in the near future. Ken, as we've mentioned already, we've got our broth at Fur Hill on Saturday. It's a, it's a really big game. Jamie's already spoken about a couple of changes he'd like to see to the, the team bringing in wingers. Is that something you'd be in favour of? Any other changes you'd like to see for Saturday? Definitely. I mean, I think we stick with Snedden and goal. Mitchell just, I mean, that that goal against Dundee, really, you know, oh, that scunnered me. To be honest with you, really. Um, I mean, I suppose Akinola for Muirhead's a straightforward swap in the sense that one of them gets sent off one week. And I'm assuming Muirhead's back. It's just one game out for a straight... Or did, was it two yellows? Is he it will be for two, they should be back. Um, they should be Saturday. back. So effectively, you've got Muirhead. I mean, I'm not entirely sure what McCall can do to change it with the personnel. I think the wingers thing's definitely worth a go. Uh, Abroth, clearly, they're um, 
the magic, the, the the fairy tale has gone out of them this season. It's a Dick Campbell team, so we can be fairly certain what we're going to get with them. A lot of long balls in that case, and that sort of thing. Muirhead and Brownlee should be able to mop that up um, and just keep them away from dead balls as far as possible, because clearly our defence can't deal with them at all. We've got hope that, you know, something in terms of up front, it's going to be downs again, unless there's some miraculous recovery for Graham. Basically allow the wingers to feed him. Uh, I assume you pay, you play Fitzpatrick on one side or, you know, Macmillan on the other or something like that. I'm not entirely sure what to, what to do with that. But you're absolutely right. I think we really need to have a right good go at them and show that there's at least kind of some kind of spirit in the team. But yeah, I don't think a draw would be a completely unfeasible result for Saturday. Rhys, what about you? What changes would you like to see for Saturday? I, I think I think we do need to go for it because we've tried to be sort of defensive and play more defensive made inside and it's not working. We've not had a result in weeks. So why not just go for it and, as you say, put up a bit of fight, go out with a bit of fight. I mean, <laughs> I'm not really giving a, a good example here, but you look at Hamilton Ackies. Like they're 4-1 down against Cove and they came back to get that four-each four draw. I couldn't even imagine Fissel coming back for one goal down, never mind a three-goal deficit. But that, like teams just have that sort of fight that we never seem to have. Just We need to just go for it. And we, we know ourselves, a two-goal lead doesn't mean anything to a team like Fissel anyway. We can chuck that away easily. So you just need to you need to go for it and don't let up and keep going for it. Because as soon as we sit back, the arses collapse and we start conceding. And, you know, one goes in, you may as well chuck the other two in and out. So... Aye, go for it, get Fitzy on for the start and dare I, dare I say it even stick Cammy Smith on because let's be honest Hodson's been fine, Hodson's done alright he's not, he's not really winning your game he's, well, we know he's not winning those games, we've not had the result in weeks as I say, so just put Cammy Smith back in midfield Aye, I can't believe I'm saying that but that's how bad bad things are Heather's just shuddered if she's listening to that race. Uh, Jamie I'll come to you for a prediction in a minute I wouldn't mind us going back to a sort of similar 4-4-2 we played for a lot of last season, even if it means a central player playing out wide in midfield, because I think we've got the fullbacks that can overlap now. So you'd maybe play Fitzpatrick on one one wing, sort of overload that side, whether it be the right or the left, whatever. It doesn't really matter with Milner McMillan. And then maybe a Turner or a McKinnon could play wide left or wide right with one of the fullbacks overlapping them if they if they tuck in a bit. And you stick with Mullen and Dowds up front, because I think I didn't think Mullen was. Great on Saturday, but I think at home to Dundee, he, he proved in the front too. When we've got the bomb, when we're on the front foot, he can be a really handy player linking up with Dowds. And if Graham's not playing, I think you need two up there to sort of hold the ball up, sustain attacks. Um, and then you're looking at, I agree with you, Ken, I think Snedden stays in goals. And it's probably going to be um, just by a process of elimination of the other centre-backs, Muirhead and, and Brownlee at the back. Uh, if you're playing 4 4 2, which I wouldn't mind us doing, when you just have Fitzy and Lawless out uh, wide instead of putting like a centre That's back probably, right. yep, that's a good point. Yep. I don't know why Stevie Lawless slipped my mind considering he's been our player of the year, but yep, you're totally right. Uh, Lawless and Fitzpatrick out wide and, and Bannigan and Turner on the middle, probably. Yep, you're spot on there, Jimmy. Uh, do you want to kick us off for a score prediction? Right, well, the delusional FC returns and I say. Oh, I refuse to predict a loss. I'll say, I'll say we'll, we'll win 2-1. Go on. There you go. What a result. Home to Abro, 2-1. Still no backers in any way, shape or form to keep a clean sheet. So. 
Uh, Reese, I believe you're the only person that's uh, predicted a defeat on Drollers or Joss over this season. Are you going to do it again? Nah, uh, I'm going to say one each. As I say, it's going to keep McCall's head above float, uh, above float, above water for the time being. But is it enough? I don't know. I draw one each. And Ken, do you want a prediction for fun? Well, dis- despite my, my my prediction of a draw like Reese there as well, I think we'll win 2 0. And Snedden will save a penalty at around about the 85th minute. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Um, it's tough. Our growth did not look great in either of the games. I think they're struggling a little bit this season. They've picked up in the last few weeks. I'm going to back us to turn it around on, on Saturday. I'm desperate for us to turn it around on Saturday. I'm desperate for Ian McCall to turn it around on Saturday. And this is definitely more hope than expectation, but I'll go for a, a 3-1 Thistle win. 4-4-2 goals for Dowd, Mullen and whoever else wants one. So, yeah, I'll go 3-1. Hello, David here. Uh, sorry I couldn't be on the pod this week. Uh, I'm currently in London over the River Thames in a cable car. It is space-age shit. Anyway, uh, my prediction for this week, we're terrible, we're really, really bad, but I'm in a good mood. I'm over the river, having a whale of a time, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to be optimistic here. I'm going to say Fiss are going to turn it round. Ian McCall is going to get the result he needs, and then we're going to scud Kelly next week. 2-1 Fissel. We're going to have a break from our draw, loser, draw quiz. We'll be back with our first semi-final next week. And we will finish, as we always do, with Partridge Thistle. And I'm, it's an easy one this week. I'm going to ask you all, Ken, I'll start with you. What is your least favourite sport and why? When you sent me the questions, I was having a think about this. And it is, without a doubt, American football. I'm sure you're working. Basically, there was that big... Sort of the, the explosion of American football. And I've tried to watch it and I've tried to get excited by it. But I, A, it probably just ages out cricket for me in terms of complete incomp- incomprehensibility. Uh, and I, I can't see any kind of uh, any kind of tension or excitement in it. Um, no, it's a completely closed book to me. I just do not get it. Jamie, any advance on American football? Probably something like cricket or baseball. Just can't watch that kind of thing. I just find it so boring to watch. Reese, see, I've got two. Um, so cricket goes without saying. Like in Scotland, especially, I feel like just nobody really buys any cricket. It's it's one of the ones. It's that England like it. You don't really bother. Um, but I've got one that's going to be a wee bit controversial here, especially on this podcast. But I think golf. It's just oh dear. Oh, I can't, I can't get it. I, my pals all like it and stuff, and whenever I watch, even if I watch it on TV, I just, I, I just, it does nothing for me. Like, see, with American football, I'm not the biggest American football fan, but I watch the Super Bowl, and I think that's entertaining when it's a big event and stuff. But golf is just, that. So I'm not having it. Uh, it's a one week podcast ban for you, Reese. Uh, I'll go Formula One. Uh, I, I can't get into that. I find that boring. Um, I, that's uh, not even. A I think no. <laughs> I changed my answer. Formula One. I can't. I don't like F one either. And and that's starting to become more prominent because I think they had a Netflix documentary and people watched that, so they've started watching the real thing. But yeah, I'm not having that either. No. And they uh, very bad for the environment and all that too. So I but it's boring. Terrible sport. Um, as always, thank you for listening to Draw Loser Draw. We will be back next week to look back on hopefully 
our first one in what it feels like forever against Sub and we'll also preview the cup tie against Guilty Hearts. In the meantime, stay safe.